Praise God. I tell you what, be ready, church. Be ready. <laughs> I feel that I don't really need to share my message because it's already been, it's already been shared um, from the start with Stephen. St Chris, when did you ask Stephen if you would do the... Uh, do th About two minutes before Stephen did the welcome. <laughs> Chris asked him to do the welcome. And it was, I think he read my notes. Honestly, and then Shanae, I think you've read my notes too. I'm starting to think there's a bit of a conspiracy theory here. <laughs> there's something going on here. But I said, no, do you know what it is? It's the Holy Spirit. God is speaking to us. And, and, the, and the title of my message is A New Thing. It is a new thing. And it's got to come from Isaiah 43. You know what? Let's backtrack a little bit. Happy New Year. Okay. Happy New Year. <laughs> and we're really excited about 2024 and about what God has in store for us. And you know, I don't know if you know this, but God is outside of time. He's not limited to our Gregorian calendar. He didn't wake up. God never slumbers or sleeps, I know. But he didn't wake up on the 1st of January and say, Happy New Year, people. No, he's outside of time. There's a scripture that says in Isaiah 43, he says, I am God before the day was, I am. God existed outside of time. He has no beginning, no ending. But we believe that his word to us as we step into 2024. Every year, God gives us a word. Last year, it was uh, Zechariah 4, 6, that it's not by might, it's not by power, but by the spirit of the Lord. And this year, we believe the scripture for us, and this, this has been in our hearts since about September, October last year. Can't escape it, just cannot escape it. We know God is speaking. It comes from Isaiah 43 verse 16 to 21, and it goes like this, and I know everybody uses this around New Year, but listen, this is a word for us, okay, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and river and a path through the wilderness, who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinguished, they are quenched out like a wick just like that. Verse 18, do not remember the former things, love this, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me God saying this, the beast of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. I never thought I'd preach a message with jackals and ostriches. But why? Because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. Can we just go back to verse 16 again? Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. He says, look, behold, I'm, I'm doing a new thing. And then he asks the surprising question. He says, shall you not know it? 
do you, the, the, the NIV says, do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? And I think if this is a word for us, for a word for us as a church, I think it's important for us to know that we need eyes to see and hearts to believe that what God is saying to us is real. So let's purpose in our hearts right from the start of this year to embrace all that God has for us this year. And maybe it's going to be slightly out of the ordinary. Maybe it's going to be at the beginning of the service. The pastor calls everybody forward and let's pray. Oh, man, it's my first time in this weird church. And now they're making me leave my seat. It's okay. It's all right. But let's be ready to embrace everything that God has for us. And so right from the start of that scripture, Isaiah the prophet in verse 16 says, thus says the Lord. And to me, it's almost like he presses pause. Because for the next two verses, it could almost be in brackets. He says, thus says the Lord, and then pause. Okay, we'll get to what God says in a minute. But I first want to remind you of who God is. And he says, this is the God who... Um, who makes a way in the uh, makes a, a way in the sea and a path in the mighty rivers? Verse twenty-one, one of the very last verses. Sorry, Debbie, I'm jumping all over the place. Verse twenty-one, we see that God speaking this word to Israel, and all throughout Isaiah forty-three, there are so many references to God as Creator. And in verse 21, it says, this people I have formed for myself. And that's us. God has formed us for himself. We don't exist just for ourselves. God has formed us for him. And so he says, so, so, so the, the prophet Isaiah is reminding Israel who God is that he is the creator God and that he formed us and that he made us and what he did, that he actually made a way in the sea. He's referring here to the Red Sea. He's made a way in the sea and a path through the, through the mighty waters. You know what? Only a creator God can do such a thing. I don't know anybody that has been able to make a way in the sea. Anybody here in the last week, two weeks, ten years? No, definitely not. How about making a path through the waters? It's impossible. How can you make a path through the waters unless you're a beaver? Any beavers in the house? But it's impossible. Only Creator God can do that where he can say, the water comes this far and no further. Creator God. You know, water is the most unstable environment, and yet God can create a path through it. He can make a way in the river. If this is who God is, and you think about your situation, what you're facing, God is, God is a creator God. 
He has more than a thousand ways to, 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 to get through to you, to get what you have need of. Whether it's parting of the Red Sea or whatever it might be, God is not limited. So he, Isaiah declares, first of all, who God is and reminds the children of Israel of what he's done from previously parting the Red Sea. So from the outset of this year, let's have eyes to see and hearts to believe that what God has promised to us as a church, he will do. He will make a way in the sea. He will make rivers in the wilderness. He will. So let's raise our expectations. Let's release our faith. Keep our eyes on him. Somebody said that. I think Chris prayed it. Let's keep our eyes on him. Was it Shanae? I'm not sure. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but let's keep our eyes on him. Have faith in God. Believe in God that what he has promised, he is willing and able to do. And so I want us to just make a little declaration of our own. Are we okay with that? I want to hear it strong. Okay, imagine now God saying this. You know, in the old days, when, the, when somebody prophesied, you always knew they were going to prophesy. Because back in the day, okay, back in the day, they would say, thus saith the Lord. Then you'd know, wow, this is a prophetic word. <laughs> and I love it when I see it in the word, thus says the Lord, says Isaiah. You know, but we're going to prophesy over our own lives. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with being vocal today? Is that good? So I want you to repeat after me. Thus says the Lord. My creator. My savior. My healer. My provider. My restorer. Whatever you have need of, put it there. I declare today who you are in my life and that what you've promised, you will do. Father God, you are willing and able to make a way for me. Doesn't that, doesn't that feel good? It's about prophesying, it's about speaking the word, proclaiming the word of God over your own life, over your own circumstances. So, now we're going to dig into the message. That was my introduction. Verse 18, Isaiah's reminding the children of Israel about the great things that God has done previously. But then in verse 18, he says this, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. You know what, we can look back at the good things that God has done in our lives. Nothing wrong with that. But let's not become Methodists. Okay, I don't know if you know, we are not Methodists. We are not a Methodist church. We're not going to make a method out of what God has done in the past. So because we all assembled here before the service, or in the middle of the service, it doesn't mean we're going to do that next week. Okay, we're not going to make a method out of this. I just believe God told us to do that, so we did it. And so, but we're not going to become Methodists. And I think it's time for us to let go of any preconceived ideas. 
Any preconceived ideas and prejudices? Well, the front row is special. Guess what? It's not. <laughs> There's nothing special about it. Forget that. Okay. There are some empty seats in the front row. Please feel free to sit in the front row. Okay. But let's be open to what God wants to do. And sometimes God wants to move outside of our terms of reference. Well, he's never done that before. Holy Spirit has never moved like that before. But let's, let's be awake. Let's be aware. Let's perceive. Let's, let's, be, let's have our eyes wide open, our hearts attentive to God. What are you saying in every service? But let's be committed to change. Let's be committed to change. You know what? I don't want to go through this year like we did last year. Man, <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I don't want to go through it. God doesn't say he's going to do a revised thing. He doesn't say he's going to do a rehearsed thing. And he doesn't say he's going to do a repeated thing. Instead, he says he's doing a new thing. And it's a now thing. It's not last week. It's not last year. It's not back in the day. It's a new thing and a now thing. We need to forget the former things. The Apostle Paul says, as in Philippians 3, he says, One thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. One thing. You know what? He had to forget his pedigree and he had to forget his past. He, it was better for him that he did that. Let go of the past. He considered them, his past, as having no value. Doesn't matter. I don't care if you've been to 10 years of Bible college. It means nothing. It means nothing. It's good to learn. It's good to be a scholar. But God is after our hearts. God is after our hearts. Jesus said in Luke 17, he said, Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. What did she do? She turned back. She lingered longingly for Sodom. And what happened? Turned into a pillar of salt. So looking back serves no purpose. It has no value. And as long as we're living life, wearing rose-colored tinted lenses referring to the past as the good old days, we'll never appreciate what's happening now. Comparison, comparing today to, to yesterday, it's a thief. It causes discontent. It takes our eyes off what God is doing now and onto what he used to do or what he was doing. You know what? It's one thing to learn from the past it's good to learn from the past, but it's another thing to live in the past. You know what? I had to get this out. Welcome home. There's a lot of us that come from foreign countries here. <laughs> and you know what? One of the best things to do about, you know, I'm not saying burn your bridges and forget about where you come from, but this is home. This is home. When you start recognizing 
that where you are is where God wants you, welcome home. Let's not look back at the good old country, the back home. No, you're home. You're home. Okay. Devotion to the past. Yeah, I could talk about good things in South Africa. I could also talk about a lot of bad things in South Africa. But I can't, I can't live there. This is where God's got us. And this is, this is home. And the minute I start recognizing this is home, then God can do more with me. But devotion to the past leads only to complaining with the present. Devotion to the past is disabling, disabling. It takes our eyes off the here and now, and can't be, we're unable to hear with what God is saying. And if we're not careful, we can become creatures of habit and hold on to the familiar. Let's hold on to the familiar, onto the old. The past can sometimes become our terms of reference. This is how it used to be. This is back home. Back home, this is what it's like. This is what church is like. <laughs> That's not where we are. This is where we are. We're here, the body of Christ, together. Bible says, why do you look for the living amongst the dead? I'm not saying they're dead over there, but this is where God is. This is where he wants you. He's brought you a long way. Some of you come all the way from Waterlooville. Praise God for that. That you've not, Or Portsmouth. You've not had to journey very far, but praise God for that. But you know what? God's got you here on purpose. Yesterday's gone. Faith is now. But we need to be willing to let go of the familiar. Now think of a guy called Abraham in the Bible who lived in his father's house uh, for 75 years when God told him to leave his father's house and go to a land which he would show him. That was the exact scripture that God gave us 20-something years ago when we left South Africa. Leave your father's house. Like, no, I don't want to go. I love my church. But Abraham, 75 years. You know, I think by that time he's pretty familiar. He's pretty comfortable. He knows everything about everything after 75 years. He knows where he lives. He knows where his bed is. He knows where the toilet is. Everything. Yeah, he's comfortable. He doesn't have to even think about it. And suddenly at the age of 75, God says, ah, move. I want you to move. He had to leave everything familiar in order to embrace God's plans and purposes. He didn't show Abraham from the get-go, this is where you're going. It was a st each part of Abraham's journey was a step of faith. It was a journey of obedience. And as a result of that journey of obedience, we have the nation of Israel came into existence and also the lineage of Jesus. So God says he's doing a new thing in Family Church Waterlooville. So are you ready for change. It's good. Let's trust God. Let's raise our faith and expectations in this season. We've got to have eyes to perceive, heart to believe, letting go of the familiar, letting go of the comfortable, and stepping out in faith. And you know what? It doesn't mean that we're all now going to pack up our jobs 
and become um, street evangelists. Okay, it doesn't mean that. But I think in this season, maybe God is saying, okay, you've done, okay, I'm not picking on anybody or anything in particular. I'm just this is pulling out an example. Maybe you've served, how can I make this the simplest way? Uh, maybe you've served hospitality for years. You've, you've made the teas and coffees, you've got your routine, you know where the urns are, you know where the teas are kept, you know everything about it. Maybe God is just saying to you, I want you to go serve in kids' church. But God, I, I, you know, I'm terrible with children. You think God doesn't know that? He's saying, I want you to serve in kids' church because maybe God wants to do something in you. He wants to do, it can be uncomfortable. It could be difficult, or maybe it's to go onto the worship team. Like, I'm petrified of speaking in front of people or singing in front of people. But maybe God's given you a gift, a voice. But be willing to let, to let go of your comfort and to start stepping out in faith. God says, I'm going to do a new thing. And I think of Luke 5, verses 37 to 38, Luke 5, verse 37, because there's, there's different words. This word for new thing, in the Old Testament, it's a word called hadas, which means a fresh thing, a bright thing. There's a newness, there's a freshness to it. But in the New Testament, in Luke 5, 37 and 38, Jesus says these words, no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. Interesting. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. New wine, the, the Greek word for new, for, for new wine there is neos, Neos, it means it's in respect of time, in respect of time. It's recently come into existence, fresh wine. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine, the neos, will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wine, both, the, both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. Both are wasted. But new wine, neos, the new wine, must be put into new wineskins. And that word for new wineskins is kainos. It's respect of quality. There was a word that came out during, um, during COVID, unprecedented. <laughs> Everything was unprecedented. And that's what it's talking about this, this new wine, previously unheard of. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone's new in Christ, they're a new creature in Christ. But we can't keep doing things the same way, this, this, you know, same things the same way and expect a different result. But we've got to put new wine into new wineskins so that, so we need to be, we need to be, flexible. We need to be 
um, willing to breathe. Verse 19, he says, I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I look at an area like Israel. Israel has a desert there called the Negev, the Negev Desert. And it covers about 60% of, of Israel. And only about 10% of the population of Israel lives in that Negev Desert. They're mostly Bedouin or um, uh, nomads. They live a nomadic life, going around wherever they wherever there's provision, basically. So the Negev is hostile to human life. It's not totally inhospitable, but it's challenging, and it's challenging and a difficult environment to live in. There's extreme temperatures, boiling hot at daytime, freezing cold at night. There's rocky outcrops. Sometimes it looks like a bit of a lunar... Effect. It looks like a moon at parts of it. It's terrible. Shrubby little thorn bushes. There's vipers and scorpions. Interesting, eh? Jackals and ostriches. We read about them earlier. And you know what? We can take the scripture that I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. We can take that literally. Or perhaps we could also draw a comparison of areas in our lives which are not unlike the Negev desert, where we experience challenges, difficulties, and hardships. Much what Shanae was sharing during the worship. You know what? There could be one or more places in our lives which resemble a wilderness. It could be, it could be emotional, that there's an emotional desert in my life, uh, a financial Maybe I've got financial lack, financial need, relational, something wrong with, re- with relationships. It could be spiritual. I'm separated from God. Or a physical. Maybe you believe in God for healing in your body. There could be an area of lack in all our lives. And God is saying to us today, though, he will make a way. He's making a roadway in those inhospitable ways, in those inhospitable places, straight into the wilderness area of your life so that he can get the supplies that he wants to to bring about a healing and a wholeness in your life. Everything we have need of, he can get to us. All we have to do is have an open heart and eyes to see, and heart to believe, and be open to what God wants to do. And also be open to how he wants to do it. I think so often we think, well, I've got this area of lack in my life, and therefore the way God will fix it is by A, B, C. And God's saying, not necessarily so. Maybe God wants to fix it in a different way. So let's be open. Be sensitive to what God is saying to you about an area of lack in your life. 
if, maybe if it's um, financial, you might automatically think, well, then I need to go and get a better job. I might need to go get, earn more money. And God's saying, no, I don't want you to do that. Maybe he's saying, so. <laughs> Look, oh, you don't get it, Lord. I have financial lack. And he's saying, no, but I want you to give in, in a time of famine. And what, because maybe God's going to do something differently. I'm not saying this is it, okay, but just as an example. But maybe he wants to do things differently in our lives. Maybe there's that brokenness in our lives that's been caused through circumstances, through stuff that's happened in our lives. You think, I need to go see a counselor. I need to go for counsel. Now maybe God says, I want you to sit in my presence. I'll just sit in my presence. Just worship me. And in that presence, in those times, in God's presence, he can bring about a healing and a restoration in our lives. So let's be open to what he wants to do. Psalm 84 says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. It's a journey. As they pass through the valley of Bacar, the valley of weeping, the valley of tears, a Negev desert, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Our strength is in God. Our strength is in him. And we're not relying on ourselves. We're not relying on ourselves, but we're relying on him. Our hearts are set on pilgrimage. We're on a journey. We're embarking on a journey. And we're going through the valley of Bacar, that valley of weeping. We're not, but we're not going to remain there. We're coming through it. Our hearts, at the beginning of this year, are set on growth are set on growth. I'm telling you, I've got books mounting up <laughs> next to my chair at home that I'm, I just need to get into. I've, try, I've just got to do it because I'm, I'm, I want to grow. Who wants to grow this year? Who wants to stay where they are? Who wants to grow this year? All of us say eh? our hearts are set on pilgrimage, but that implies effort on our part. God's not just going to supernaturally add things to us. He can. He can. But it, there's something about having a willing heart. New wine in new wine skins. Have a willingness to be stretched. Have a willingness to be stretched and to yield. Yield to God. I love the fact that a roadway, when I think about a roadway, it's used for two-way traffic isn't it? It's, it's used to bring things in and to take things out. So God is building roadways in our lives to bring things to us, to get things to us. But it's out with the old and in with the new. We'll have a willingness to embrace change and move forward with new opportunities I think Stephen said earlier, new mindsets, new perspectives, new paradigms, change the way we think 
Let's, let's enlarge our capacity. Put off the old way of thinking. Colossians says, put off the old man and put on the new man, the kainos, the uncommon, the unprecedented new creature in Christ. Put on the new man, new in respect of quality. Put on the new man. And he says in Carry on coming into land in, in verse 15. He says, I'll make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Rivers in the desert. God is a creator God. We saw from the right from the beginning. He is a creator God. So those areas of desert, those areas of lacking in our lives, whatever that area might be, God is going to make a road in that wilderness and rivers in the desert. He is able to meet every lack, every need in our lives, whether it's by road or whether it's by water, but God will make a way. Listen to Psalm 65. It says this, you visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. I love what the New Living says, you make it rich and fertile. Man, I, wa I want that to be my life's headlines over my life today, this year. You greatly enrich me. You make me rich and fertile. Let's have those hearts ready to receive God's word, to be challenged by God's word this year. Let's do that. The river of God is full of water. It's full of water. That represents life. That represents life. The river of God brings life, even in a hostile environment. Even in a hostile environment. You know, maybe you're in a workplace where things are tough, <laughs> where things are hostile. God says, you, you, the river of God is full of water. Take those rivers of living water into your workplace. Take those waters of living water and allow that living water to refresh you, to revive you. He says, I will do a new thing in the midst of the wilderness. I will do a fresh thing, a bright thing. God can deliver us in the midst of that desert place. And he can turn that desert place into an oasis. Into an oasis. And that oasis can become the most flourishing place in our lives. I love seeing God at work. You know, when, when you think, you know, we all know our own shortcomings, isn't it? You know, maybe I'm the only one with them. But anyway, I'll be transparent. I've got lots of shortcomings. And I know the areas of my life where I need a lot of help. And, um, and I think, well, if I do X, Y, Z, then those areas, you know, I'll become, I'll be okay. And I'll try and do it myself. But instead, God <laughs> he works circumstances in our lives. And before long, without me even realizing, as long as I'm surrendering to him, 
before long, that foible of mine is diminished. It's not so it's not so obvious anymore. And I think, Lord, how did you do that? And not only that, it becomes a, quite a good part of my life. It's an oasis. It's a flourishing place. That which was broken, God can cause to flourish. So God will, God will make a way. He will, the, he, the roadway is the provision and the rivers are the source that will sustain us. And so the place in your life that might even right now be dead dry and crusty, can become the most flourishing place in your lives. And what I love about God is that he's not looking for well-watered gardens. He's not looking for manicured lawns, although those are nice. But he's not looking for manicured lawns. He's not looking for weeded flower beds. He's not looking for, you know, these perfect hedges, rich, verdant valleys. That's not what he's looking for. He's not looking for self-sufficiency. He's looking for surrender. He's just looking for surrender. So instead of the new thing, the, sorry, instead the new thing that he's going to do will be in the desert, in the wilderness, in that inhospitable land that only he can get the glory There's a song by Maverick City that goes, you're not looking for perfection. There's no need in me pretending. And it goes on, says, you can have my heart. You can have my heart. You can have every part of me. I'll give you everything. But God's not looking for perfection. We don't have to pretend. We can just come to him as we are. So you might not be starting this year from a position of wholeness. Maybe you are. And if you are, praise God. That's wonderful. I'm happy for you. Next week, you can preach. Okay. But I think on the majority of us, I don't think we're all completely in a position of wholeness. But maybe there are areas in your life which are broken. And God is saying to us as a church, I am doing a new thing. Can you see that roadway? Can you see those rivers in the desert? You know, water is odorless. But sometimes you can smell water. If you've ever gone down to the coast, you suddenly smell that sea air. Or even when rain clouds come over, you can smell the rain before it actually starts raining. And that's what, it's, that's what God's saying. Do you perceive it? Do you perceive it? Perhaps you feel today the first trickle of water washing dust off from your feet. That's called hope. <laughs> and faith is the substance of things hoped for. God is declaring today, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. But we need eyes to perceive, heart to believe, and hands to receive the new thing that he's doing. Amen. Father, I just thank you, Father.
for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the hope of, the, of 2024, Lord, that you are doing a new thing amongst us. Lord, that we can come before you today full of our inadequacies, full of our whatever it is, our lack, our need for you. And we say, Lord, have your way in our lives. Have, a, have your way in all our lives. I thank you, Lord, that you fill us afresh today. You fill us with hope. You fill us with joy. You fill us with your presence, Lord. And I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Just while every head is bowed and every eye closed, I just want to make sure that everybody here has an understanding of salvation. Maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. And today... God is standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking and he wants to come in but he won't force his way in he says I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking will you open up the door of your heart to me today I want to come in and dine with you and live with you if there's anybody here today that you want to give your heart to Jesus or maybe you've spent a few a while away from him you've been living like the prodigal son but today is your day for coming home if there's anybody here that you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior why don't you just slip up your hand right now and I'll pray for you I thank you Father thank you Lord let's just stand to our feet and let's just declare this over our lives today. First, I'm going to, we're going to close in a salvation prayer and then we're going to declare God's word over us. So let's just keep praying. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you went to the cross on my behalf that you paid the price for my sin. I believe that you were crucified and died and God, you raised Christ from the dead. Today I repent of my sin and I invite you into my heart. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me brand new. I receive you afresh in my heart today. Thank you, Jesus. I'm born again. I now belong to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you just settle and establish us in your ways, Lord. So, church, are you ready to declare this over your life? Thus saith the Lord. Okay. Thus saith the Lord. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers 
in the desert. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.